Hello everyone, this is Anvesh Prohit and you're listening to my audio blogs on Spotify. Do subscribe to my blog, it is filled with um, interesting stories and articles. Thank you so much. John Lynch vociferously said and I quote we will not agree on every issue. But let us respect those differences and respect one another. Let us recognize that we do not serve an ideology or a political party, we serve the people. It can be rightly said that the vehemence of the sharp and warring ideological propagation between the radical likes of people like Malcolm X and Subhas Chandra Bose and the self-articulated unprovocative voices of Mahatma Gandhi and Martin Luther King Jr. gave birth to the million voices of stalwart nations of India and the United States of America. Their doctrines and beliefs shape the young minds of the nations however conflicting they may be. They drag their countries overhauled, distorted, rugged and oppressed batons to the doors of light and freedom. While Malcolm X and Subhas Chandra Bose are represented as the global figurines of radical, violent, insurgent men who wanted to overthrow the oppressors by any means necessary, the Mahatma and the King are treated as the all-encompassing rebellious preachers of non-violence and spiritual revolutions. The King who was ridiculed by the outlaw. Martin Luther King and Malcolm X together their only meeting on Capitol Hill, March 26, 1964. Photograph, Marion S. Tricoxo slash Library of Congress. In the decades following their deaths, they have come to symbolize antithetical attitudes towards the issue of racial equality. The secret to understanding both men lie in recognizing and analyzing how their outlooks and views changed throughout their lives. The racism-infested America left Malcolm X with no choice but to preach the ideology of radical separatism. Malcolm believed that separatism will be achieved when black people have enough self-love and ample self-confidence to come together and construct parallel schools of thoughts, infrastructure and communities within the country i.e. an iron curtain within America so that they can rest under the veil of freedom and tranquility without being perturbed by the white supremacists. He claimed for a fact that the blacks can never racially integrate into American democracy because America was tainted with the vigor of bigotry. His theory of separatism didn't align with that of apartheid or segregation. Malcolm X talked about this approach in a series of debates against Bayard Rustin, Jim Farmer, Louis Lomax and James Baldwin is excerpted in the book The Sword and the Shield by Peniel E. Joseph. This pool of thought came into being because black people were stripped off their dignity of being referred to as the citizens of the country and witnessed police brutality to the core. Malcolm X wanted an accelerated freedom from oppression which he rightfully exclaimed that it couldn't be achieved with the slow and steady opinionated faith in nonviolence. He went on to ridicule the king by calling him the 20th century Uncle Tom who taught the black man to be defenseless against the attacks of the cruel white supremacists. To counter the outlaw's views on racial radicalism, the king proposed the coruscating ideology of nonviolence. He preached that nonviolence is both a religious and a political solution to stop racism. He also emphasized that the weapon of power is nonviolence. It's the tool of strong, noble, brave, valiant and disciplined citizens. It's not the weapon of the poor, so what he claimed was to use the nonviolent tactic against the supremacists' own will to spiritually awaken the United States of America to a great change. King also openly claimed what he considered Malcolm's intemperate radicalism, writing, fiery, demagogic oratory in the black ghettos, urging Negroes to arm themselves and prepare to engage in violence, as he has done, can reap nothing but grief. Martin Luther King addressed the Hungry Club Forum on May 10, 1967 where he gave his famous speech reflecting the three evils that he wanted to eradicate. The King had sophisticated visions to curb the three major evils, the evil of racism, the evil of poverty, and the evil of war. The government introduced a civil rights measure in 1875 and failed to follow it. In 1964, 
A weaker equal rights bill was enacted by the American government which was criticized widely by the black community. The Supreme Court released a ruling in 1954 outlawing segregation in public schools. And even after years of court ruling, fewer than 5% of black students attended segregated schools in the Deep South. He claimed in the speech that they hadn't advanced an inch. He believed in the Gandhian philosophy of peaceful integration of the communities to overthrow the regime which interfered with that of Malcolm X's beliefs of separatism. The two men had grown closer to each other's views towards the end of their lives. In February 1965, while Martin Luther King was in Selma, Alabama, leading a voting rights campaign, Malcolm had traveled south to deliver a series of protests. Although he still didn't believe in the ideology of the King, he did meet Coretta Scott King, wife of Martin Luther King, and stated the fact that he wanted to work closely with the nonviolent movement. He believed that his remarks and criticism against the King might have served a purpose by concentrating the attention of white supremacists towards a better alternative and granting the privileges to the blacks without shedding a drop of blood. Malcolm X with Coretta Scott King Their discrepancies, though were real and pointed to an underlying conflict within the racial freedom movement. King articulated that the injustice was intimately linked to America's social institutions and that it took the development of wider social movements to challenge it. Malcolm X was assassinated by the members of Nation of Islams on 21st of February, 1965. After Malcolm's death it was believed that the King showed tendencies of supporting radicalism when he opposed the government sending troops to the Vietnam War and went on to quote the greatest irony and tragedy of all is that our nation, which initiated so much of the revolutionary spirit of the modern world, is now cast in the mold of being an arch-anti-revolutionary. His radical ideologies which are craftily dodged by the American historians is also deeply rooted in the Memphis sanitation workers' strike where he went on to question the capitalistic economy. Martin Luther King was assassinated by a segregationist named James Earl Ray on April 4, 1968. Both died as heroes who will be remembered for planting the seeds of love, radicalism, peace, nonviolence, persistence and power in the entire world the branded fascist who confronted the Mahatma's beliefs. Gandhi at the Indian National Congress annual meeting in Haripura in 1938. Congress President Subhas Chandra Bose is wearing the ribbon, seated behind him is Dr. Rajendra Prasad, and to the right of Bose is Sardar Vallabhai Patel. Back home the Mahatma was paving the path to India's freedom by defining the golden rules of Satya Truth and Ahimsa non-violence which were later followed by the King during the civil rights movement during the 1950s and the 1960s. Subhas Chandra Bose represented the left wing of the Congress party and claimed that it would contribute to socialism. He claimed that socio-economic restoration would be balanced by democratic independence. And he didn't think Congress, after freedom, would do that. While Gandhi strived for dominion status in India, Bose won a complete freedom from the British government. He has been branded as a literate fascist who believed in self-defense, violence, insurgency and forming an army to overthrow the British regime from India as soon as possible. Due to the ideological differences between Gandhi and Bose, Bose left the Congress party and started his own forward bloc. At the 1939 Tripura Congress session, Bose called for a six-month deadline for the British government to grant independence and to begin a mass civil disobedience campaign if it refused to do so. He was quoted saying the country was internally more ripe for a revolution than ever before and that the coming international crisis would give India an opportunity for achieving her emancipation, which is rare in human history. This motive was severely criticized by Gandhi and the members of Congress. Bose was accused of shaking hands with the Axis powers which branded him though with a fascist title. He believed in the fact that by combining forces with the Nazis and the Japanese, he could cripple British in India. After the end of the war, 
Gandhi quoted Bose was being a fool by imagining that by allying himself with the Japanese and the Germans, who were not only aggressive powers, but also dangerous powers, he could get the Indians' freedom. It is widely believed that the alternative of non-violent resistance within India, propelled by Gandhi's principles and the rest of Congress, eventually led to the end of the British regime but it is widely forgotten that the regime felt sabotaged and threatened when Nataji formed the Indian National Army in August of 1942 in Southeast Asia. Nataji's Azad Hind Fauch or the Indian National Army. Bose believed that India could achieve freedom faster if it weren't entangled in the patrons of doubt, paranoia and mindless exaggeration of ideals which crushed the Indians. His ideals rested in violent protests, terrorizing the belief system of the British and rampaging their morals and infrastructure in the country. The Gandhian philosophy kindled the acts of non-violence and satyagraha to social and political areas. The trust of Gandhi was so complete that he treated it as a cure against all social evils. The transformation of the entire world, including Satyagrahi and the antagonist, is what makes it a special means of bringing about progress. He believed that the success or loss is not to be measured in terms of one party's win or loss, but in terms of both parties' change of heart. We got freedom due to the meddled intricate ideologies of both these great men. The friction between their beliefs created an environment which inspired the people of India to participate in the freedom struggle. Patrons of Gandhi and philosophy marched 241 miles with Gandhi during the Salt Satyagraha, 12th of March, 1930, and the militant nationalists sided with Bose and joined the Azad Hind Fauj in 1942. Both these movements marked a symbol of unity with different emblems of honor with the goal of freedom. They were both crucial for the growth and sustenance of the country. This article is written to draw a parallel symphony between the ideological differences of Mahatma Gandhi and Subhash Chandra Bose and Malcolm X and Martin Luther King Jr. who belong to different movements but share the same objective that is freedom and prosperity for their people and countries.